Sandra and Noah in the Tony episode. Hello and welcome to the Theater World Podcast. My name is Noah Bender. And I'm Sandra Nemchik, and we don't have a musical performance opening for you. We're talking Tonys, that's why. We've got our tuxedos on, we've got our, our, mm-hmm. our diamond gowns. I'm wearing my Tony necklace. I have my Queen's tiara that I borrowed from her Jubilee. Oh, from the Queen, from because because oh, yes. you're, you're in six. Yes, I am in six. I'm in all six parts. Oh yes, the queen, the queen of all queens, to be Thank sure. You. Oh yeah. I just want to say I'm wearing my Tony necklace. I got to bring this out every time that that the Tonys are on. I've got I'm to, to, for the listener. I'm wearing a it's like a a like a beaded necklace that's got little laminated faces of all my favorite Tonys on it. It's got in the middle. It's got the Tony Award. It's got Tony Monero from Saturday Night Fever, Tony the Tiger. I think more background on what, what, why is this like? Oh, okay. This... So a few years ago, I went to a Tony party at one of my friend's house and we played Tony Bingo. Um, she made up a whole bingo board of like things that could happen at the Tonys, you know, Kristen Chenoweth mi- mispronounces somebody's name, uh, a quick change gone wrong, free space for, I don't know, Adina Menzel showing up or something. And right. I won this bingo. And the prize was a necklace that was pretty much designed for me anyway. But it had, and in the middle, it had the Tony Award. And then my two of my favorite Tonys, Tony Danza, and my favorite Broadway leading man, Tony Yazbek. Absolutely. And then a few months later, years later, my friend decided to add more to it. So now it's got Tony Bennett, Tony the Tiger, Tony Soprano. I'm Tonyed out. Well, you need more. You just need to keep adding to it until it's like full, you know, like a leg. Yeah, all the way around. Who should I add? Who's, who's who's a Tony that you like? Um. Well, I don't know. I think you have all the Tonys that I like. I, I love Tony Bennett. He's a great performer. He's one of the major you know? Tonys. Yeah, he is a major Tony. I maybe have I'll to think about ma- that. Maybe I'll throw in a photo of Antoinette Perry. No one knows what she looks oh, like. What about is is uh, uh Antoinette Marie Antoinette a Tony? She is. Tony? No, no, she's not okay. a Tony. She's Marie. Oh, she is a Marie. Hey, hey okay. <laughs> well, let's talk Tonys. Uh, the 2022 Tonys are this Sunday, yeah. June 12th. We are so excited. It's going to be hosted by the one, the only Oscar winner, Ariana DeBose, uh, who is on a hot streak right now. Oh, for sure. You see her everywhere. She's in Saturday Night Live. Um, she killed it there. West oh, Side yeah, Story. Amazing. I saw her in the original cast of of Hamilton. Uh, uh, of course you did. <laughs> oh, lolly dolly dolly. Uh, she was the she was the gun, right? She, she was the, the bullet. bullet. Yes, racing across the stage. I mean, I would love to be her agent right now. I bet her agent is getting calls off the hook. Oh, for sure, a hundred percent. I mean, but she's so talented. Why not just keep putting her in things? I mean, I think she'll make a great Tony host because she's. She's multi-talented. She can sing, mm-hmm. act, and dance. She's proven on SNL that she's funny. She can tell a joke. And yeah. she's, she's, she's just very earnest with everything. Like, I feel mm-hmm. like award shows have gotten so snarky and kind of making fun of award shows and just kind of poking fun yeah. at everyone in the industry. And it seems like Ariana is going to be just very reverent to mm-hmm. the power of theater. You see, here, here right. I am getting snarky. You don't want to like another, you know, Chris Rock, Will Smith kind of encounter either. You know, you kind of, I feel like, you know, Tonys are a little bit different anyway. Yeah, no one's, you know, no one's smacking her. They're a little her. more supportive. Yes. They're a little more excited. There's, there's more happiness all around. They're singing, 
You know, I mean, so. it, in my opinion, the Tonys are the most interesting awards show because you get mm -hmm. to see live performances from the shows yeah. on on Broadway that you would never really get to see otherwise, especially for those of us who live on the West Coast and don't really have access to, you know, a million billion shows in New York. And all of these shows, I have to admit, I've just been like watching bootleg business or, you know, what they've been doing on Good Morning America clips on YouTube. Yeah, like we, we have like the one minute trailers they put on YouTube <laughs> yes. and and like, you know, reviews and tweets. But it feels like maybe half of the shows out right now have like an actual cast recording, at least that mm -hmm. I've been able to find. Yeah, I mean, Six was came out earlier, but, but that was because it was on the West End before, right? Well, yeah, and then Six had their live recording, which was mm -hmm. fantastic. I love mm -hmm. that. Um, So what do you want to talk about first? Do you want to talk, just go right into Best Musical? I think, I think we should just do it. Yeah, go right into Best Musical. I mean, a lot of them, I, I'm just kind of like, oh, okay, you know, they have great songs, but I don't have nothing, no idea what any of the plots are really entailing. Yeah, it seems like half of them are pretty good and half of them are like outstanding. Yeah, the Paradise Square music was amazing, I have to admit. Have, like, you, listen, was, have you listened to it? Oh, yeah, I, I really like sat down and listened to like- Where's the like, soundtrack? Maybe, Where is it? It. I'm just listening to like little clips that are Bootlegs. posted on YouTube. Uh, ah, yep, yeah. YouTube. Yeah, a couple of my friends saw Paradise Square last week in New York mm -hmm. and was singing its praises so heavily. They said he was even better than Hamilton. Like, really high praise. It's nominated for 10 Tonys. Um, I think it could win a bunch. I, I've heard the choreography is spectacular. I've mm -hmm. heard the 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 dancing and the and the set design are amazing. Um, Paradise Square, it takes place in Civil War America. Right. It's about um like tensions between the Irish community and black mm -hmm. communities. Yeah, I guess. And, and maybe trying to find a paradise in that square. Is that what they're trying to do? Yeah, probably. <laughs> oh, and that's what they're calling the paradise square. Yeah, I mean, it seems awesome. Like it's, it's kind of, there's been a lot more historical musicals post Hamilton, it seems like, and people are really interested in, in that yeah. subject matter as and, and, a know, playground. Being a, with a theater background, I mean, I never really thought I was going to go into history in school-wise, but I think that just kind of is very synonymous. Like, the history and theater really go hand in hand. You want to make sure you have the great costumes, you have the correct costumes or something like that, you know, and, and the, the right background. And I think a lot of history musicals are, are something that everyone's really kind of looking for. Because, yeah, there's a lot of ways to do it. You could take, you could take a big, huge foundational story like Hamilton, like the mm -hmm. founding of America and dramatize that in ways that people are familiar with. Or right. you could do like the way Six has done, which is kind of a taking some maybe lesser known historical Liberties. figures yeah. and turning it into a feminist fantasy, yeah. um, which is again, awesome. Something. Yeah, A pop star fantasy <laughs> or Paradise Square, which is, I think it, it's probably based on real events, but much, oh, much lesser sure. known um, mm -hmm. that people might not come into the theater being familiar with. It seems to me like it's like kind of like the ragtime of our era, you know? Right, Something right. Something you think and be like, oh, you know what? Like, we still need to keep progressing in the right direction. We're still not there yet. Exactly. Um, have you heard anything about the, the girl from the North Country? That's one of the next uh, okay. nominees. Well, I I do admit that I did miss that one, but I've been looking at Strange Loop. I looked at Mr. Saturday Night briefly. Yeah, I did I, not. 
so the girl from the north country is another jukebox musical it's the second jukebox mm -hmm. musical um with music by bob dylan yeah i mean it seems like another one of those just like but a bunch of stories in an american town kind of thing yeah. like i i listen to the soundtrack and it's all you know it's very musical theatery bluegrassy renditions of, of bob dylan songs it's like you know, yeah. how like does it feel mm. to be on your own, to be left unknown, like, like a rolling stone? Like, boom. like, yeah, yeah, just boom. like boom. a little cringy at points, but I mean, it's yeah. it, was, it was beautiful yet forgettable. That's how I took in the soundtrack. I would have rather have seen like Bob Dylan's story, like beautiful, you know, like yeah. the Carol King musical is one of my favorites. And I wish I had seen musical. it. It came to San Francisco before it was in Broadway and I really missed my chance to go see it. Yeah, it was great, you know? So, I mean, I feel like people need to just, if you want to do your show and use your music, do it about your life. Why not? I bet he has an interesting life. All right. Speaking of musicals about someone's life, let's get to the heavy hitter of, of this ah, year, yes. um, A Strange Loop. Um, because this one has so much momentum, mm -hmm. so much fan support. It won the 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 Pulitzer Prize a couple of years ago when it was off Broadway, and now it's on Broadway. Um, uh, here's a here's a bet. How many dr this weekend drink every time they say big big black and queer us American Broadway? Oh my gosh! Yes. It's gonna be like Gwyneth Paltrow introducing it. Be like. This year, we are delighted to have a big, black, and queer-ass American oh Broadway. God. It's going to be like the... Um, I mean, they're going to say it a bunch, but it's going to be... Yeah. It's, it's, it's a, a hit. great hit. Yeah, it's a great, catchy song. You know? Yeah, I can't wait for the full soundtrack to come out. I listened to the old one, and I mean, there's a soundtrack from 2019 with the old mm -hmm. cast, um, and then a few songs from the new cast. And it seems... I mean, it's not really a fun listen, just because the material is so deeply personal and and serious at times right um it's about one one man's uh you know a, a who's an usher big black and queer man uh who works as a, an usher at the lion king on broadway mm -hmm. and he's writing a musical it's a musical about a guy writing a musical about a guy and writing the guy, a musical yeah he wrote about himself his basically basic loosely based on his life yeah, and a lot of it is about him kind of reckoning with his um, with his sexuality, with his family, mm -hmm. who is very religious and kind of homophobic, and mm -hmm. his his journey to impress them, but also make work that is authentic to him. And it just seems extremely cathartic, extremely just a new way of storytelling. It's breaking yeah. boundaries in all different kinds of ways. And it's very personal, you know? It's really it's personal. Like it's about his life and and he's sharing it on stage. Yeah, Michael R Jackson, the the composer. Yeah. Not Michael Jackson. Yeah, not Michael Jackson. <laughs> yeah, add that R and you got it. <laughs> yes. Well, I mean, speaking yeah, of Michael Jackson. Well, so, let's we just say, I mean, a strange loop could break, could break boundaries in all kinds of ways. It, it it'll it it's got the first uh trans woman nominated mm -hmm. in the best uh in the in an actress category. Yeah. So that, that could be good. I, I'm not sure really who, she, cool. who she plays. I don't know if she plays his mother because um, in the in recording, the mother is played by a person with a quite deep voice. Yeah. Well, we'll we'll have to see. I yeah, mean, it's an maybe ensemble be cast a performance. Um, I'm of, I'm yeah. I'm pumped. All right. I am too. We're talking MJ. Let's get into MJ. Let's the, do it. 
Oh now my God. there is a big old classic jukebox musical. And a spectacle. Like, spectacle I, for sure. Yeah, it's like something that you would want to see like like Moulin Rouge, you know? Like that's, that's basically in the same category. I yeah. Think. Even meh, Moulin Rouge. I know, bleh. I know, I know. <laughs> and now that Aaron Savate is not there anymore and Derek Kalena's in, I'm like, okay. <laughs> yeah. It's not, I mean, I want that opt up. I want somebody to sing that opt up. <laughs> oh, no, we're going to take it half a step down and we're not going to get it that high. So. Baby, you're a firework. Come yeah, on, right? let your colors burn. I mean, I think one of the things that bums me out about jukebox musicals, be it Moulin Rouge, be mm-hmm. it uh, MJ, be it Girl from the North Country, be it American Idiot. All these kind of ones, I just mm-hmm. can't get behind singing rock songs and pop songs with musical like theater style. intonations yeah. and and Broadway arrangements. I think adding harmonies and stuff and choreography to it is 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 a yeah. nice touch. But hearing like I want to make you feel like you're <laughs> the only girl in the world, like so yeah, yeah. stupid. And you know, you bring up a point though. Like you bring up like everyone kind of sounds almost the same on Broadway. They have to have that that over-enunciation of, of voices. Like, when you listen to, like, the cast recording of Pippin from 1970s, like, People it's just, totally... Singers sounded differently voices. in the 70s. Exactly. I, lo- I, I want to sound I like, like that. I like that. It's, yeah. like, it's unique. And everyone else, now, when you listen to Broadway cast recordings of modern times, they all sound the same. Well, just pop music doesn't sound like pop when it's on Broadway. Oh, yeah, no. Especially, you know, have you ever seen that that Rodgers and Hammerstein where they took people and they took the songs and made it more like modern? It's so weird. No, is it a movie oh, or an event? No, it's like you go on like YouTube, you go to like Rodgers and Hammerstein music, and then you see like modern music, and it's like younger than springtime, <laughs> and I'm like, what's happening? <laughs> oh, what a beautiful morning. Yeah, like like Sound of Music, all those random like show tunes are put to like a pop song. And I'm like, what's happening here? This is strange. I would be surprised if there was a jukebox musical of all their songs and then they just modernized it. I think they would just roll in their graves. That should be a, a TikTok series that we should do where yeah, it's like right? the oldest Broadway songs possible, but sung like current annoying pop stars. Like, yeah, like, we'll, we'll like, sing, you're like, the top. Yeah. But as Nick Jonas or something. Yeah. You're the top. <laughs> Perfect. Um, but yeah, MJ. I mean, it's just, it's Michael Jackson music, mm-hmm. Michael Jackson mm-hmm. dancing. It, the, the choreography is probably awesome. Um, performance were great. I mean, I've seen a few performances. They were exciting, but like, okay, Michael Jackson. Yeah, I mean, like, you know, the complicated history of Michael, of the artist Michael Jackson aside, it seems like a fun show that is designed to just like make you be like, I like this music. I, I, uh, this is the stuff I used to love Mm -hmm, growing up. mm -hmm. Um, I've, I mean, there's a million gazillion Michael Jackson impersonators out in the world, but it seems like the guy playing Michael is really sensational. Oh yeah. Like he's pretty legit. Like he sounds like him. He even kind of looks like him at points. Yeah, people say he could win the Tony, 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 Tony. I mean, there's not a lot of competition, but you know, I feel like Strange Loop, I have a feeling that Strange Loop's gonna kind of sweep everything, kind of like that year that Jerevan Hansen swept everything, and I was just like, what? You 
I was surprised you brought that up because I know that that's a really sore subject for you. The it 2017 is a Tonys. sore subject. Because you're the biggest great Comet fan in the world. And Listen, it won Best Orchestration for Dear Evan Hansen. And really? If you listen to the orchestration in Natasha Pierre and the Great Comet of 1812, because I have to say the entire title of because it is that amazing, the orchestration is amazing. Like it's just so complex and and there are minute little things in it that you're just like oh they put like a little bell in this part you, oh they put like like some like yeah in this area and that is it you evan know? hansen or is like a six-piece pop orchestra like it, whiny songs i mean evan hansen has definitely aged poorly yeah. like i think it's a it's Especially a it's a topics. show that it's a show that made me cry when I saw it, and I really enjoyed it. But mm -hmm. the material just doesn't hold up. Like, right. I think the songs are great out of context. Mm -hmm. They work great when you're just like singing them as happy little pop songs. But when you kind of sure, or an when audition, you, yeah, when you consider, you know, how they fit into the story and what they really are saying about the character and what he's doing to right. you know a grieving family, et cetera, et cetera. It all just seems up. kind of icky. It feels like, I mean, like, I didn't hate the movie of Dear Evan Hansen as much as everybody else did. I um, did not see it. Oh, it was, it was actually not that bad. I cried at oh, all yeah. the same parts, even though Ben Platt looks ridiculous. Yeah, he looks kind of creepy. Yeah, he doesn't look 16 anymore. No. Um, but I think the movie, it was, it, I think the movie kind of closed the book on Dear Evan Hansen, <laughs> where it was, it kind of, usually when, you know, you make a movie musical out of a successful show that's running on Broadway, it'll drive up ticket sales and make people really enthusiastic about that show again. But it seems like the kind of opposite has happened with Dear Evan Hansen, yeah. where it's kind of lagging. I mean, I could see it closing within the next year. And I'm okay with that. Yeah, fine. It, I mean, yeah. it, it was really successful. Although Wicked will be going on for years and years and years. Never close Wicked. Even after. Yeah, exactly. Thank Wicked you. Wicked is the Never quintessential huge Broadway musical. Yeah. Speaking of Wicked, I saw Stephanie J. Block last night. What? Where? At the Fairmount Hotel. Amazing. You saw her Amazing. perform or you just saw her? I saw her perform. She was singing it in like Oh, she's the, like uh, one of your favorite Venetian room. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, you know, she sang all the songs that you could like, all the bel beltiest, brassiest songs mm -hmm, you can think mm -hmm. of. And... And then there was one point in the entire show when she's singing Defying Gravity and she I'm sitting like right in the middle, like back row, like they're at these little cabaret tables. And she goes, unlimited together we're. And I was like, oh my God, is she singing to me? And my sister's like <laughs> poking me with her finger and she's like, she's singing to you. <laughs> so I like to think she was singing to me. Maybe not. She was trying to channel you. Yeah, it was center stage, I have to admit, but yeah. maybe, oh, you know, we'll we'll see. If we're talking about our recent theater experiences, can I just say that I, yeah. I saw Cats uh, on tour. Oh, yes, you did. How was it? It was fantastic. I went I went with my sister, my sister Alana, and I, our, Cats is our favorite musical together. I think we kind of grew up really in watching the, the 1998 movie together and mm -hmm. really it's a, been a major bonding mechanism for us. It was nice to see it together. Like we had never seen it together. We'd seen it separately and Aww. on screen. Um, and both of us are so familiar with this show that basically the whole time we just spent the whole show noticing and pointing out little discrepancies and oh, differences from all the different little productions that we've seen. Because I mean, 
we consider the 1998 recorded version of Cats to be the quintessential, ultimate, exact version of Cats. Maybe that's because mm-hmm. we've seen it 50,000 times, and it's got like kind of an all-star cast. But that's how Cats is. Cats isn't a show that you really, you know, readapt or mess with or modernize or really play with in any way. It's kind of set in stone. Yeah. But since it's so, you know, non-story driven, you can play around with it in little ways like there were, it was a lot of like, oh, that song was in the second act, but I was expecting in the first act. Oh. Or like, that choreography is slightly different from the original. Um, and just kind of pointing out all the little differences. It was a really nice geeky night. Hmm. That's cute. And you guys, I, I'm sure you had a great time. I saw some pictures and your sister was wearing her cat ears. But yeah, she was wearing her cat ears. Um, and we got to see uh, my friend Lauren Louie, who we interviewed on, right. the, on the on the last, last episode of the, of the Theater World podcast. She was sensational as Demeter singing, My cavity is a mystery cat. He's called the hidden paw. And you got to see her after the show? Yeah, yeah. I got, got to go to the stage door and everything. Oh, nice. All right. Well, let's round out our best musical nominees mm-hmm. by talking about Divorced, Beheaded, Died, Six. The musical. Life! I mean, Thank you. Six, you're, you're very, very gorgeous. Six <laughs> is a really special show because it mm-hmm. its journey to Broadway is kind of unprecedented. And I can't think of anything else that has happened like that. And such immediate success um, as... For some, for, so for people yeah. so young, I mean, like the composers wrote the show mm-hmm. as a, a school project in Oxford in college, and then it premiered at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival in Scotland as like a one-hour production. Bunch of producers saw and said, "Let's let's make this a thing." They did a, a small backup residency at the West End. They they did tours all around the world and Europe and Australia and the U.S. and then full on. West End, and now it's on Broadway, mm-hmm. and it's a huge hit. One of the biggest soundtracks, uh, you know, listening numbers in all oh, of yeah. musical theater history. Such a rabid online fan base. And, you know, uh, Marlo and Moss, the composers, they were like 21 when they wrote it. Yeah, like that's the only, crazy. Like, I'm trying to think of people who have had maybe a school project or maybe their well, first Andrew thing Webber, become yeah know? become the biggest thing and i'm thinking mm-hmm. of andrew lloyd webber i'm thinking of uh, with, with joseph and the amazing technical technical dream coat which he wrote when he was like 17 with hal prince or not hal prince um steven sondheim ha- was like basically you know with uh rogers and hammerstein and that's then true that's true like, hey but or maybe lin-manuel miranda who uh-huh. wrote in the heights when he was in college yeah. didn't like steven schwartz write pippin when he was 20 he probably, I think so, because he's he's not that old. And if you think about like when he wrote it, it was like you know, it was like nineteen seventy. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah, like that kind of immediate success. Maybe the younger you are, the better your musicals are. I mean, yeah, I mean, I can't wait to see what they do next. Hannah Herbert Hunt, so who knows? Yeah, that's true. I mean, her musical is, is getting a lot of momentum right now. They just yeah. had a big a staged reading in New York today. Oh, on really? The wow. Sixth. Yeah. Cool. So. But yeah, I mean, six just seems awesome. Like. I haven't seen it, but I've, you know, of course, listened to the soundtrack and my sister mm-hmm. saw it. She loved it. Um, it just seems, I mean, it's a pop. I've been a fan of it for like, I don't know. I, I feel like we came out in like 18, 2018. Yeah, 2018. Uh, yeah. And all about the six wives of Henry VIII. Yeah. I mean, it just seems fun. Like, it's not really a book musical or something that is, no. you know, meant to 
you know but it's showy and it's fun it's and, showy and it's that's a spectacle what you do. and it's for young people too yeah it's, for, old it's for young girls yeah and there aren't enough musicals for just for like mm-hmm. where you know 14 year old girls six are girls. the are the you know target audience and you know starring six yeah. women as well yeah it's it's like we need more of that like we need more musicals because like you know if you go to a school and, and you're like okay let's do a musical there's so many shows for just guys and then you are like well who was willing to play a boy in this show <laughs> or something you know like we're gonna you know do something about that you know? what do you think of the controversy of people saying that the queens and six should be nominated for tonys um, but it would be too, it would be unfair or too hard to mm-hmm. nominate just one of them. They think that they should mm-hmm. be all nominated as a pack. It's like similar to how, you know, when Matilda or Billy Elliot was yeah. on Broadway and the, like all, all of the actors playing, yes, it was one character, but it was multiple yeah. people being nominated in the same category. You know, I feel like they, they really should just do an ensemble kind of award. Yeah, because I just... I think that would work for, I think, yeah, I think that could work for a show like Six or a show like Mm -hmm. A Strange Loop, where that is so ensemble. It's like the one lead and then like 12 ensemble members. Right. Or even, dare I say it, Music Man. I mean, mean, it is an ensemble show. Yeah, Music Man seems just huge and mediocre. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about revivals. So, I mean, the the nominated revivals this year are The Music Man starring Sutton Foster and Hugh Jackman. Meh. the the, the revival of company starring katarina mm-hmm. link and patty lapone which seems very exciting and awesome oh yeah and uh caroline or change which is a great show that i don't know that much about but it seems like it's down to company v music man you know at, at caroline and change it's hard to really like um get people excited about which i feel like the when it first came out it was like maybe like 15 years ago so like a, for a revival for carolina change to come out now is like okay well it's only 15 years but i guess it's a, a, like kind of like a gypsy or something that you want to just like let's do it again yeah yeah you know what i would love to see is stephanie j block and gypsy by mm-hmm. the way oh yes uh, yes in a few years she'd few be great years, as right? like it'll be maybe, it'll be stephanie's five to turn. ten years yeah it will be for sure and she sang some people um last night She's got she's got the spirit of Ethel and Patty running through her, and Judy Garland. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, Music Man. I mean, it's it it's it kind of brings up the conversation of like when you revive a show, even a, a mm-hmm. classic show. There's a, I think a renewed concern for like having something new to say, not making right. not necessarily making you know overtly political or super modernized in a way, but making it be like, why are we reviving this show over any other show? And it seems like for this one, it's like, because we like it and it's, and people will, will buy tickets. I mean, the tunes are fun, you know, but I mean, is Music Man something that I would rather see on stage versus like six? No. No. I would rather see six. I would rather see a new I think mean, my grandparents would love it. Yeah, and maybe maybe that's what they're going for. Maybe they're looking for the older generation being like, yeah. ah, I'm coming to Broadway. I'm going on tour. We're going to go see the Statue of Liberty. And what's on Broadway? Oh, it's music, man. I remember that. You know, it came out when I was a kid. I don't know. Yeah, whatever. But company seems really exciting. Oh, you know, they, yeah. Th- that is a revival. They didn't... They changed a lot, They changed though, a lot of it. 
They probably yeah. changed a bit of the text, but I mean, the main change is that Bobby, who was played by a, a man mm -hmm. who's about to turn 30 and is wondering whether, whether he should get married, is now played by a woman who is turning 35. Mm -hmm. um, and ha it has probably all the same feelings about marriage. Um, and instead of, you know, girlfriends, she has boyfriends. Right. Yeah. Um, it seems and like Patty they're really... Lapone is in it. And of course, Patty Lapone is in it singing, Here's to the ladies who lunch. Everybody loves. Wonderful. And it seems like for this one, they're really leaning into the comedy of it all. Like from the, the short little video clips and mm -hmm. songs uh, that I've seen, it just seems really funny. It seems tight too, you know, yeah. like you feel like they really were like working together because this show opened before the pandemic. It was, um, then, it was in London. Yeah, but like I think it actually opened before oh, yeah? like, the pandemic and then like closed and then they reopened. Like mm. it was that crazy. Like they were open for maybe like um, a month. Yeah, I mean, Company is one of my favorite musicals. It's one of my favorite mm -hmm. Sondheim shows. I mean, it was when it, when it came out in 1970, it was so groundbreaking because it mm -hmm. was, I mean, it broke the, the, the book musical structure, but also it had just so much more emotional complexity than anything that had come before it, really. Yeah, and it's relatable too. It's about relationships and, you know, working through life and getting yeah. through life's decisions. And it comes at, you know, the topic of relationships and marriage from so many mm -hmm. different perspectives. Um, that it's relatable in so many different ways, even for someone like me who is, you know, I'm in my mid twenties. I'm not really thinking about getting married yet. Yeah. Haven't gotten married. And, but all these conversations about love and trust and partnership mm -hmm. and maturity and readiness, et cetera, et cetera, are very relatable. I think for anyone at any age. Yeah. I mean, you want to like be with someone that's like fun and like you get along with and like, that's what you're looking for. It doesn't matter if you're looking to settle down or just looking to marry, whatever. You know, it really is just about the little things you do together. Do together. That make perfect, perfect relationships. relationships. All right. So company's gonna win best revival. That's what we think. Let's before yeah, we move on, we let's make a, let's that. make a let's make a prediction for best musical. I think we don't okay. have to agree on this, but I think I think a strange loop's gonna take it. I agree, one hundred percent. I, I might think that uh, Paradise Square could be also something. Yeah, I agree. I think that could be the runner-up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Although I would love six, but you know. Yeah, six is okay. great, but it's, it's not. It's, it's not going to win much. I think. Yeah. I think it's really great, but it's. I I feel like. There's nothing behind it that you're like, oh, I'm really going to think about this. Yeah, I feel like older Tony critics might have a harder time taking it seriously. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. Um. Let's talk some of the flops. There are, there are a few shows on here that got mm -hmm. eh, just a couple nominations and maybe maybe weren't as good. Um, one one which is closing, Doubtfire, the mm -hmm. the the, uh, the the Mrs. Doubtfire musical, which I mean I'm sure Rob McClure is fantastic in it, but it's just a story that didn't really need to be told anymore. Yeah, and you know the thing is, it it was based on a movie that came out in the '90s, and then they tried to reuse some of the humor from the '90s, and and our humor has you know grown yeah. since then. And like the whole man in the dress trope yeah. is just not really needed anymore. No, it's not. But I mean, the original movie is really funny. Robin Williams mm -hmm. is awesome, but. Eh, it's a great kinda, period piece. It's the same as Tootsie, where like the original movie was super yeah. awesome in the but time and groundbreaking, but it's not really what we need on Broadway right now. No. And it closed. Bye bye. Um, 
I just listened to this one because I had to see. I had to. Flying um, over sunset. Yeah, flying over sunset. Mm-hmm. Flying over sunset. I listened to it because I had to hear my favorite Broadway leading man, Tony Yazbek. Yeah, yeah. He plays Cary Grant. <laughs> and he has a, he has a, he has his two big songs are, he's called, I have it all. And then he has another big song in the second act um, where, he, where he says like, I'm a giant penis rocket ship. He talks about how he's a giant penis rocket ship. I mean, Cary Grant, definitely. When I think of him, I think of a giant penis rocket ship. Yeah, I mean, Flying Over Sunset, it seems like one of those shows where it works on paper, but it seems like not that exciting as a show. It's about um, three notable... It's a fictionalization of three notable 20th century celebrities who had, you know, real experiences with the drug LSD. But in this show, they do it together. It's with Cary Grant... Um, Aldous Huxley, the the writer, and Claire Booth Luce, a congresswoman. Um, and all the songs are like, they're doing the drugs, and it's like, wow, I felt things that I've never felt before. I'm seeing things. And then the next song is like, how could I have been this way before I took this drug? Yeah. It's like, whatever. Um, it's very beautiful. It's written, I mean, it's it's got a lot of ingredients. It's written by Tom Kitt and, uh, and James Lapine, two heavy hitters. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. but the s- score is just kind of boring. And the book seems a little snoozy as well. But, oh, the, I mean, the book is really snoozy. That's okay. I mean, I, I saw uh, War Paint a, a while ago, and that was pretty snoozy, but it had Christine Ebersole and, and, and Patty Lapone. And they can sing the phone book for all I care. And that was basically what I saw. Yeah, I mean, it, it got a, it got a few nominations. I don't think it's mm-hmm. going to get any love. Whatever. Um, oh my god, do you hear that? Uh, we're, we're getting a call. We haven't gotten a call in from this podcast before. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, uh, I, it might I think be a caller. We're getting a call from, from a Tony, from a Broadway legend. In fact, a legend from beyond the grave. Um, are you there, mystery guest? Ah, uh, yes! Oh my hello, god! Hello, Jolly! Oh my gosh! Hello, Noah! Oh my gosh. Well, hello. I mean, this is a theater world exclusive, you know, other podcasts have, have, you know, interviews with, with Broadway legends, um, of of many years, but we've got a Broadway legend from beyond the grave. Everybody please welcome Carol Channing. Yes, Carol. Oh, oh, thank you everybody. It's so nice to be on this podcast. I hope you get a thousand, no, 10,000, um, listeners now that you have me on here. Well, thank you, Carol. I mean, it's so yeah. nice to talk to you. You are a you are a bona fide legend. I mean, what have you been up to these past few years? Well, I lost my pants. Whoa, so I'm pantsless. Um, I have not combed my hair. I've been in the yeah, race for a while. Way. Yeah, so I've just been living. I have been making appearances on Zoom. Ooh, oh yes, I, tell yes. us about Zoom. Oh yeah, for on for for some of our theater world musicals, you've been playing the best uh, bit parts of them all. Yes. Well, when people say rest in peace, they don't really mean it, I guess. They they have to call me up, and I have to fill in every single role. Yeah, they just can't let you rest. No, I guess not. Yes. Uh, my favorite role, I think, was Ike Skidmore when I played it in Oklahoma. Oh yes, yeah, that that's good. the is that the one who says you can't marry my my daughter? No, <laughs> that's that a different was, one. 
No, that was not it. It was the one where I say, I'll take five dollars. Oh yes, you were uh, bidding yes, on b- bidding yeah. on the on good the job, on the ladies. She remembers her lines too. Yeah, Carol, good. I've got another question for you. Um, have you been enjoying any jam lately? Oh my gosh, yes, but I can't have it today. I can only have it jam tomorrow, jam yesterday, but never ever jam today. Never ever jam today. Never. All right, well, Carol, we're talking Tonys. Um, oh. you know, you are a you are a yes. you are a three-time Tony nominee. You yes. and you you've you won for 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 Hello Dolly. Um, do you have any favorite Tony memories? You've been to the Tonys dozens of times. Well, yes, I I do have to say my favorite was when I received my Lifetime Achievement Award. It was so wonderful seeing all those people out there just supporting me all the years. I do have to say that I think that I should have won something for Gentlemen Prefer Blondes, but that never happened. That's really such a shame. Yeah, that's true. I mean, you looked so great in, in your in your in your gown when you accepted that um, oh, the, the lifetime remember? achievement. Oh yes, of oh, course. Oh, that's I'm, so nice of you. It was like two thousand two. You must have been two. Oh yes. Um, but you know, let's talk about you know, one of your peers is receiving a lifetime achievement award this year, Miss Angela Lansbury. Oh yes, that was she. It was a wonderful woman. Um, she might be the same age as I am when I died. Um, what? Yeah, she's like ninety six or something. Yeah, I, I think I died when I was ninety five. So watch out. You've got a good memory. <laughs> Whoa, okay, Carol. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, ha- have you two ever done anything together, you and Angela? Angela and I. Well, we've never ever done anything before together. What? But I remember possibly there was this one time that I was singing and she was singing and we both were singing, but we were in this different theaters on Broadway. What? You guys never did bosom buddies or anything together? I could see you guys doing a cabaret. Oh, that would have been wonderful. Maybe we could work out something when she comes up here to visit me. Oh no, oh. let's not say oh, that. We okay, want her to stay okay. alive. Yeah, we don't want we want her. Oh, okay. Well, it, it is kind of fun up here with my friend Betty White. Oh yes, you're you're good friends with yes. Betty. You could sing. You could. Oh yes. Didn't she sing Bosom Buddies with somebody? She sang with me. She oh, sang. Yes. She sang other songs with me. We were on the love boat together. Oh yes. What do you What do you duet with her these days? Well, mostly we've been singing things about songs on ships because we were on the love boat together so we've been singing anything goes we've been singing um you know from pirates of pan dance so oh yes it's pretty, pretty wild i'd love to hear you sing climbing over a rocky mountain um I, I, actually i play the pirate king oh you said and you do it all down the octave I, Yes, I am the pirate queen. <laughs> and it is, it is a glorious thing to be to a be pirate, pirate king. king. Yay! <laughs> well, wonderful. I mean, Carol, uh, since we're talking about this year's Tonys, who do you think is going to win some of the major awards? Oh, well, I really love that six musical. I wish I was around to be in it. I would have loved to play um, Anne Boleyn. Mm. Could you imagine? I know. Can you give us a bit of uh, Sorry Not Sorry? Um, sorry not sorry, I, what I said, 
I just want to have some fun. I just want to eat some jam. Yeah. Wow, you almost lost your head there. Woo. Woo. I, you know what? I've been, I been need a little tightening on my head and maybe some stuffing in my tummy. Carol, have you been drinking? Well, we can drink whatever we like if it's in heaven. You're a few martinis in, I see. Well, it is five o'clock somewhere. <laughs> it is. <laughs> well, it was lovely talking to you, Carol. Uh, do you have anything you'd like to say before you leave? Yes. Any catchphrases or anything? Raspberries. Wonderful. Thank you. Goodbye, Carol. <laughs> Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. 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 Don't try and stop me now, Please! <laughs> <laughs> Wait, you little hand and whisper so oh, long, dearie. <laughs> you ain't gonna see me anymore. Okay, thank you, Carol. Bye, you. <laughs> oh, please come back and see. Uh, please come back and talk to us again. That was wonderful. Yeah. It was wonderful, yeah. Wow, Zandra. She doesn't really let me speak at all, though. I know. Can you believe that we had the, one of the, one of the Mount Rushmore of divas? I, no, I cannot believe that. And and she's been kind of hiding in my closet since 2014. So, you know, it, it is pretty magical every time she opens up the closet. You've got a special portal to, uh, I do. to into her mind. Into, yeah, wherever she's hanging out in the upside down world, but like the cooler upside down world version of Stranger Things where it's like really fun and they're all singing musical theater. <laughs> yes, it was, it's, all, it's all very fun. <laughs> Yeah, the, the clock the, the, actually is like a rainbow clock. Yes, the the gay cabaret club of heaven. Yeah, oh my god, take me there. I'd love to go there as well. Yeah, Carol's one of the Go-Go's. Portal to the Castro. Yes, wonderful. <laughs> um, well, I think that's all we really need to do. Yeah. I mean, any, anything else you want to talk about the Tonys? I mean, we could talk about best actor, best actress, you know, best lighting, et cetera, et cetera. But I don't know if you really need all that from us. No, I, I think mean, we we're, could. we haven't seen any of these shows. We're just speculating here. We're trying to soothsay. Yes, we're 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 full of sooth and we're full of mirth. <laughs> sane. Yes, and we're not as sane as we used to be. No. But um, please enjoy the Tonys. If you're listening to this after the Tonys, you know, so what? Yeah. Or, or you know what, if you listen to this and this is the first thing you're listening to, go back and listen to other things that we've recorded. Yeah, we've got seven other episodes. Yeah. We're, we're gaining momentum here. We're gaining strength. Mm -hmm. We'll be here all summer. Um, you know, one more thing, you know, just if you're not following us already, follow us on Instagram. We're at theaterworld underscore readings. All of our info is Give in the description like. uh, of this episode. Give us a like and please rate and review on five on apple podcast you know everybody says rate and review like and subscribe but that's like the actual important thing that makes it look yeah, like people are actually listening to this thing yeah are you listening are you there god it's, it's me, me carol yeah. channing don't conjure her she'll come it's back it's carol channing okay well it's carol channing Oh, she's back. Wonderful. Yeah, All right. Well, this has been all for the Tony, 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 Tony. That's it. Episode of the Theater World Podcast. My name's Noah Bender. And I'm Zandra Nemchuk. And we will see you next time. Bye-bye. Tony, 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 Tony. Tony.